You know, for the past few months, uh, we've been going through the book of First Timothy, and we've been talking about the design of the church, right? What does, what does God desire for our church life to look like? What does God desire for our leadership within the church, for our service within the church? What does God desire for that? And we're going to continue on in that for the next couple weeks after this. But for me, as I was thinking and really praying about what to speak on today, um, I felt like it would be a really good idea that as we focus so much upon the church, um, maybe for this week we could focus uh, one step outside the church and look at our careers, look at our jobs, look at kind of what we are going through ourselves. I think for a lot of us, we have a pretty clear understanding, okay, what does God desire of me when I serve within the church? Uh, I know that I should be praying. I know that I should be coming out on Sundays. I, I know that I should be doing these things. And yet, what I've realized for many of us is that we don't really know what God thinks about when it comes to our jobs. What are we supposed to do for the five days out of the week? How should we be processing that? What, what, does God desire, what does God think of as a good job? What does God think of as a bad job? What are those things, right? I think for us, it's, this is especially important because studies show that our generation is uh, a generation that changes jobs more often than any other period, any other era before us. And I've had the opportunity to speak to many of you who have progressed in your careers and yet you are unsatisfied because something seems to be missing. And so there's this emptiness and yet there's this unsatisfaction within what we are doing. And yet I think a lot of it just stems from our maybe misunderstanding or maybe our kind of lack of understanding when it comes to what God says about work. You know, I was just reading through some articles and, uh, you know, U.S. News, they always do a ranking of colleges, right? You guys know that. Uh, but for this one, they also do, I don't know if you know this, they put out a ranking of the 100 best jobs of 2022. I'm going to tell you the top three, right? Number three is a physician assistant. Right? A PA. PAs practice medicine in every healthcare setting and take care of patients in every specialty. They are, you know, diamonds, right? They're so good. Thank you, PAs, right? Number two is uh, nurse practitioners. Hmm? We have a few uh, NPs within our congregation. Congratulations for that. Uh, and finally, finally, the number one best job of 2022 is an information security analyst. I know that's not the job that we were thinking of or hoping for, um, but it is what it is. I, I don't know how to finish that one. Uh, what's interesting now is that God, when we read in the Bible, he doesn't care about what we do. There's no single verse within the Bible that says, hey, this is the best job that you should have. There is nowhere in the Bible that it ever ranks it. He doesn't care if we're a janitor. He doesn't care if we're a doctor. And instead, the Bible goes in-depth on our approach to our work. In other words, God doesn't care about our job title. He cares about how we do our jobs. You see, this is a mindset that is completely opposite of the world. 
Because what the world does is that we end up ranking our careers. And we end up bestowing reputation and favor on jobs that seem better than others. And we know this. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. A lot of us come from Asian households. From an early age, we've been inundated with the same words. Be a doctor, right? Be a lawyer. Be an information security analyst. We've, We've heard these words again and again. And there are jobs that we think are better than others. And so you are deemed a success or you're deemed a failure according to the job you have. You put your entire identity upon that job. And if you've achieved what the world desires for you to achieve, then you are good, you are pleasing, people will respect you, and you are a success. And yet at the same time, if for some reason you haven't achieved that job that everyone else thinks is a good job, then you're a failure. But the Bible, church, is so clear on this. Your job is not what pleases God. It's your mindset towards your job that pleases the Lord. You see, the greatest job you can imagine right now could be your greatest failure because your motivation for that job is not right. This is why, look, when you think of a trash collector, someone or someone with with a quote-unquote lowly job, that person can be absolutely content in his work and pleased by God. And yet a CEO of a multi-million dollar company can be absolutely miserable without the favor of the Lord. It doesn't matter what job you do. It matters your mindset and your motivation towards that job. And this is why when you read about the theology of work, when you read about work in general and what God thinks about it, The majority, the vast majority of verses that talk about it are in the book of Proverbs. You see, Proverbs is a book about wisdom. It doesn't tell you, hey, this is the exact thing you should do. This is the exact place you should go. No, it tells you this is how you should be thinking about it. This is how you should be processing through it. This is a good decision. This is a bad decision. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the end goal is. It matters how you get to that end goal. It's the same thing with work. Finding a career that pleases the Lord, that is biblical, requires wisdom. Because you see, there's no easy answer for that. If there was a ranking, think, think about how easy, how nice that would be if there was a ranking of the 100 best jobs in the Bible. Oh, we would, what, I mean, you don't need wisdom to choose that. What, we would all just be a bunch of, what, pastors running around yelling at each other, right? I mean, we'd all just be at the same exact job, doing the exact same thing. There would be nothing for us to really worry about or, or think of. But instead, the Bible is clear that there is no specific job that you should be doing. There is no specific thing that you should be aiming for. Instead, what is your mindset towards that job? What is your mindset in going towards that career? Because whether or not you choose the best job that seems like the best fit for you, even if it's it's a job that you think would fit every single one of the categories you're looking for, has the best reputation, has the best job, and yet if you approach it without the mindset that the Bible tells you to approach it, you will be miserable in it because God will not put his favor upon you. Is that clear? 
And yet at the same time, if you find a job that may simply not be the right fit, it seems kind of iffy, you're a bit uncomfortable, it seems kind of monotonous, and yet you approach it with the right mindset, giving glory to God and working for other people, God will bless your work. He will bring fruit from it. You will thrive in the place that God has placed you. Don't minimize what God can do through your work. He can create something out of nothing. Why wouldn't he be able to create something beautiful from the monotonous work that you find yourself in? Of course he can. And so today, that's why I want you to spend a few minutes, really, just a little bit of time looking at what biblical faithful work is. Now, there are three things I want to go through. I just want to kind of put this header out before we do anything. The first is that work is good and work is important. Second is that work should be for God and it should be for others. And third is that work is not our end goal. You see, first is that work is good and important. You know, when we think about work, and when we think about a job, right, it's almost like a bad word. Um, and I want you to know that this isn't something that's a recent kind of phenomenon. It's something that people have thought about for a really long time. There's this Greek myth uh, that's called Pandora's box. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, but it's a story where uh, in the beginning, everything was really good, right? Everything was really happy. Everyone was doing well. And all of a sudden, there was this person named Pandora. And she ends up having this box, and she's not allowed to open it. And yet one day, she ends up opening the box, and it says that everything bad came out of it. And of the, things, of the bad things that came out, it said that there was sickness, there was death, and there was work. And so you see this myth this Greek myth says that people back then would equate work with sickness and would equate, would equate work with death. A lot of us, I know, have the same mindset. We think of work as something bad. We think of work as something as just a means to an end, which is vacation, right? And so we mark a calendar trying to go to a vacation, and yet work is just something we need to do in order to get to that place. Work is bad. Work is boring. Work is dumb. And yet free time is the best thing ever. However, the Bible never says that. The Bible says that work is good and work is important. You see, in the beginning, God was working. He created the world. He made Adam out of dirt. He breathed life into his creation. Not only that, after he created Adam and Eve, he asked them to work and care for the garden. He asked them to care for the animals. Adam and Eve were working before any sin came into the world. Let me say that again. Before they sinned, before they were chased out of the Garden of Eden, before anything bad happened, God called them to work because work is good and work is important. Work is something that we should be doing because it pleases God and it is right for our soul. Now, what do I mean by work is important? I know I've spoken to many of you who are working in your jobs and you find it menial, you find it meaningless, you find it very difficult to do. There's a monotony to it. And I know that at times you say you feel hopeless in it. 
But God is saying that every hour that you work is meaningful. And that when you work hard, even when other people don't see you, God sees you. Proverbs 27, 18, it says, Whoever tends a fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who guards his master will be honored. See, back then, taking care of a fig tree, taking care of your master, were only done by servants. They were done by the lowest of low people. And servants and slaves, what we know about, are never recognized for their work. They would never be recognized and held into high esteem because that's their role in life. That is where they have to be. There's nowhere else up that they can go. And yet, God, what we see, dedicates an entire verse for these people. He dedicates an entire verse saying, look, you who are doing your work, you who are a slave, you who are a servant, you who are doing these things that no one else sees, here's the thing, I see that. I care about you. I see that and I honor what you're doing. I know that no one else may think that. I know that no one else may give you the credit that you think you may deserve and you're becoming hopeless and you feel like this is meaningless. And at the same time, I want you to know that I'm writing this in the Bible because I see you. You who tend the fig trees. You who take care of your master. Even if no one else recognizes you, I do. See, the world, it tries to divide jobs into good jobs and high-class jobs and low-class jobs. And those that are high-class, those are the ones deserving of reputation, of recognition, of of goodness. And and those who are considered, quote-unquote, low-class don't deserve those things. But the Bible never makes those distinctions. Do not put what the world says into God's mouth. Do you see that? The Bible never says that. The Bible simply says that All work is good. All work is important. And all work is honorable in the sight of God. So do your work, not for other people, not for their recognition. I'm not saying finding recognition from other people is bad. No, you you desire, that's a a good thing to want to be recognized, to, to want that. And yet at the same time, what you also know is that even if you don't get recognition from other people, you're you're gonna be fine. Even if you don't get that that recognition from people, from your boss, from your supervisor that you desire, it's going to be okay. Because as a Christian, you believe your identity is not in them, it's not in your job, it's in God. And he sees you. He sees your work. He sees the amount you put in. He sees your blood, sweat, and tears. And he honors you for that. Work is good and work is important. Church, how does this apply to us? We were created to work. We are created to work. Before sin came into the world, before Pandora's box, quote-unquote, was open, before any of that happened, God created us to work. We, there is a desire within our hearts. There is a desire within our souls that needs to be working. We are wired to be doing our best, to be spilling out in our work, and in our school, and in the place that God has placed us. That is a good thing. But that also means, church, recognize that when you are being lazy, recognize that when you are stepping away from that, that is not God's will for your life. It is good for you to be spilling out your blood, sweat, and tears every day in your workplace. And that when you come home, you spend time with your friends, you spend time with your family, you pour out to them. 
to them. And then when you go to bed, you go to bed tired, knocked out, because you have spilled everything that you could that day. I want you to know that that is pleasing to God because that is the way that God has wired you to be. That is a good thing. That is a holy thing. That is how you should be going. Look, know that at the end of the day also that God is the one who's going to recognize you. He is the one who honors you. And before anything else, before anyone else, I hope that your priority is set to say, look, God, he is it for me. He is pleased with me. That he cares about not the work specifically that I do, but how I am doing that work. And so as I pour out, as I give, as my priorities and my motivation is in the right place, I know that God is pleased with me and that is enough for me. Okay? And so that naturally goes on to my second point. How should we think about our work? What should really be our motivation when we're working? Once again, I want to tell you that there's no job that the Bible tells us to do or not do. Now, I'm going to put a caveat here. I'm going to put a little warning. Obviously, I hope that when I say this, common sense will prevail, right? And I don't want you to say, okay, then this, this means like, Pastor Danny, you're okay with me being a, a drug dealer. You're okay with me doing these, these types of things. No, right? If that's you, send me an email. I'm going to probably delete it, but still, just send me an email. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk later. But what Proverbs tells us is not what job to do, but what type of mindset that we should have while we do it, right? The Bible is clear. There are two reasons why we should work. First is to work for the good of other people. Second is to work for the glory of God. Working for the good of other people. Proverbs 10.5, it says, He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. See, in this verse, there's something really interesting going on. Because it says that a prudent son is one that works hard and gathers in the summer. Solomon could have used any other word than son. He could have used people to kind of generalize it. He could have used men to say the head of the household. He could have used any other word, and yet he specifically says the son. And the reason he says the son is because back then work was intimately connected with the family. And back then, what a son would do is that he would work hard in the harvest so that he could provide for his family and so that his family, his mother, his father, his siblings could live and eat. And so they connected, if you are a wise son, then that means you work hard for them. If you're a wise son, you're thinking about your parents. If you're a wise son, you're thinking about your family. And so you work hard, not for yourself, but for them. So spill out, even if it means that things are difficult, even if it means that you're tired, even if it means that things are, are not going that well, you're still going to work hard, not for yourself, but so that you can provide for your family. That is a wise son. And yet, it also says that a son who doesn't work is one that brings shame. The son who knows that harvest time is here and that he should be working so that his family can live and eat. But because he's lazy, because he only cares about himself, he simply just sleeps. You see, this verse is clear in saying that it is wise and good to work for others, but it is foolish and evil to work only for yourself. 
it means that when we get the first fruit of our crops, in other words, our income, in other words, our uh, resources, in other words, our time, our first thought is not toward ourselves but towards others. How can I help them? How can I support them? How can I love on them with this? And then after, you begin to think about yourself. Do you see how that mindset is so different than the world? The world's always saying, invest first on your own retirement. Invest first on your own things. And then with the rest of the money, with the rest of your time, with the rest of your resources, start to care for other people. The Bible never once says that. It's always the opposite. Care for others first. Trust in the Lord. God will provide for you later. Trust in the Lord. Trust that he is powerful. Trust that he takes care of that, of all of those things. If you believe in God and his power that he created all things, then why are you worried? Why are you anxious? If God is able to clothe the flowers of the field and the sparrows in the sky, then why won't he take care of you too? Provide for others. Care for others. God is going to provide for you. So that is why we should be working for the good of others. And, you know, I don't want to say any too much more about this, but I also want to encourage you that as you continue to come out to Shining Star, this has been our philosophy of ministry as a church. From the very beginning in 2001, as our church continued to move forward, our mindset was always we're going to give at least 50% of all offering and tithes to foreign missions. And that hasn't changed for 20-something years. And I can tell you, as I've been able to talk to Pastor James, as we're beginning to form our own English ministry budget and trying to form our own financial independence in that way, the very first thing that we mentioned was not staff income. It wasn't building decorations. It was, okay, 50% automatic emissions. How else can we use the 50% to glorify God? That was, the, that was From the very beginning, that was our mindset. And that's the mindset of Shining Star Community Church. I'm not saying this to boast. I'm saying this so that we can be uh, proud of our church and that we can be an example to others. That more than anything, give to the Lord first. Give to the other people. And trust that God is going to provide for you. Working for the good of other people. And the next reason that we should work is that we should work for the glory of God. Proverbs 22:29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. See, the word skilled here is the Hebrew word meaning gifted. It's saying, look at that man who is gifted in his work. When we do good work that, uh, with what we're gifted in, we can turn back to God and give him glory. The things that you are good at and the things that you are interested in, those are not accidents. Those are not coincidences. Those are things given to you by the Lord. Those are talents that God has blessed you with. And when we find those things, we can be thankful to God. See, here's the thing. The way that we can focus about our, on our jobs and our careers is to focus on two things. Number one, what has God gifted me in? And number two, how can I use it to help other people? And if you're able to put those two things together, then, man, God has blessed you in a career path that you're going to be passionate about. Your life is going to change. You're, you're going to be able to affect so many people. Both of those things work together. 
And so the hope is that you're going to be able to, to find those two things in a career path, in a job that really you are passionate about, that you are, that you are enjoying, and yet at the same time you have the mindset of saying, how can I glorify God with this? How can I help other people with this? And if you're able to find those two things, then that's exactly what you should be doing. You know, a man named Truett Cathy, he was born in the 1920s, and um, he was always interested in the restaurant business. Now, after World War II, the U.S. economy was really bad, and there was a lot of people out of jobs. And so what he decided to do was open a small 24-hour diner to help those uh, men, women, and children who were out of jobs, who couldn't, who weren't working. For Truett, his faith was always most important. And so he would work at his diner, but he would close on Sundays, which was the busiest days, so that he could go to church. The diner ended up doing really well, and it exploded into one of the biggest restaurant franchises in America called Chick-fil-A. And what they still do is close on Sundays, the busiest day for restaurants. You see, before Truett Cathy died, he did an interview where he was asked the question, what do you want to be remembered for? And he said this one simple thing, I think I'd like to remember it as one who kept my priorities in order. You see, church, our priority in life is not to find a lot of money, is not to find recognition from our superiors. Our priorities in work is to bring glory to God and to bring good to other people. Glory to God and good to other people. And what the Bible says is that when you focus upon those two things, God, how can I bring glory to you in this? Whatever career path I am in, whatever area uh, that you have placed me in, how can I bring glory to you? How can I give to others? What the Bible says is that God is pleased with that and that he is going to bless your steps as you go on that path. And yet at the same time, it is doubly clear as well that even if you have a job, that fits every single criteria, every single thing that you were looking for, if you have the mindset of saying, how can this go to me? How can this please me? How can I just earn money from this? There is no way that God would ever find favor in what you're doing. Focus on your priorities. And I hope that you can say the same thing. I think I'd like to remember it as one who kept my priorities in order. I just want to end with this. The last thing I want to say about work is by itself, it is not the end goal of our lives. I know that when we're in the middle of working and when we're in the middle of the work week, it feels hopeless at times. It feels monotonous at times. It can be frustrating and a lot of times we want to give up. But here's the thing, as Christians, no matter how frustrating things may seem, no matter how monotonous things may seem at the moment, we have a hope for the future. No matter how bad things may be today, we believe that tomorrow will be better. You see, think about the mindset for non-Christians. Their work is their life. Because for them, there's nothing else. That when they die, that's the end of the clock, that's the end of the time, there's nothing else for them to work towards. And yet for us, don't you see the glory of what we're doing? That this is just a, a simple stopping point to our end goal of heaven, of being with God Almighty, of celebrating in his presence day in and day out. 
And so whatever job that you have today, whatever work that you're going in, is not an up and down type of thing. You're just constantly going up. Because the end goal of your life is not death where everything finishes, it's death where everything just begins. Because we have eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who died on the cross for our sins, who loves us, who is waiting for us in heaven, who has a home ready for us. And so as we work, we can hope, we can work in joy, we can work in contentment, we can work without frustration. Whatever situation that you are in, we can react with grace. Because we know that this work, that this job, that this life is not it. This is only a small stepping stone to our future permanent life in heaven with him. And so, church, I hope that for us, as we think about work, as we go into our workplaces starting on Monday, that we would have a new type of mindset. It's not about what, what we can receive. It's not about how much money we can get. It's, number one, how can I give to others? And number two, how can I give glory to God? And as you focus upon your priorities, as you think about those things, God will be pleased with you, and he will bless you in your steps. Amen? Let's pray.